Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Zero Lift. You're joined by Ryan, Lenny. I have an entire bottle of mezcal for tonight. Wonderful. And John. And I have an entire bottle of uh, barrel-proof bourbon. I have a couple of IPAs. We're all drinking and talking about cars. And uh, today we uh, talk about how I know nothing about economics, apparently. I just, I don't. Don't ask me for money advice. I don't know anything. A wonderful meme lord engine. Uh, John is going to probably get on a soapbox about that. And I'm about to ruin John and Lenny's day because we're going to hit him with a strike of lightning. So let's get into it. Let's talk about how I know nothing about economics. We're talking F1, of course, and the big news that dropped. Yeah, big news. Audi, Porsche, they're coming into F1, uh, albeit not for a few more years. It looks like not until 2024. Um, and only as engine providers, 2026 and engine providers. This is the opportunity they have to jump into F1 due to the fact that this is the next massive change. So we had arrow this year, uh, in 2026 with the engine freeze is when they will change and modify engines. And at that point you will have Porsche jumping in to assist Red Bull. It looks like and Audi coming in to assist McLaren, um, Audi is less defined. Porsche is more kind of nailed and dialed in with Red Bull, which is interesting uh, that Red Bull goes from this Honda engine to their own engine to possibly Porsche helping them now. So I find that interesting. I think it's the right move for Red Bull, um, especially with the kind of money that they have um, just within house, within the Red Bull sort of in-house finance. They have enough money to develop their own engine but they're choosing not to here and they've always choose chosen not to um which is i think interesting they had a lot of success with honda which they told honda they asked honda and they made a deal with honda to keep the the blueprints essentially of that engine that they're using it this year and i think maybe we might see a hybrid version of that or some of the technologies that made the Honda engine a championship winning engine um, within this Porsche design. Who knows? I don't know. They'll collaborate. If it's if it's Porsche, you know, they already have a, a lot of good engineering behind their engines. So um, it's going to be a beast, I think. It'll be definitely a powerhouse coming into 2026. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting because um, typically at high-level racing like this, you see a new team comes in no matter who they are their first couple seasons um they struggle and then they kind of get up to speed that's kind of the normal you know the normal cycle that you see in MotoGP and nf1 and stuff like that um and so i think it's very interesting that a top team like red bull is going with a brand that's essentially going to be unproven in this forum I don't think they will be unproven though, because but they, but they are like well, factually they, they they have not been producing F one hardware. The, the reason I say that is because we're sitting in twenty twenty two. We've got four years until the next engine switch. So I think that they'll probably much like how Honda currently still sort of has some of their engineers there at the Red Bull in house system. I think that Porsche will kind of start trickling in and picking up what's going on 
before going full tilt. Now, that also gives Porsche the advantage with Red Bull because uh, Audi, if they're going with McLaren, they won't necessarily have that uh, because the dreaded Dark Lords themselves, Mercedes, are currently providing engines for McLaren. This is where I don't know economics. I'm saying yay uh, because I think that essentially uh, McLaren is going to gain Audi's engine and lose Mercedes, which gives Mercedes less hold on the grid. Huzzah. But also it's great a great brand move for Porsche and Audi to be an F1. Um, and this is in direct quoting of their CEO, uh, essentially that the brand space for F1 is growing around the world, especially in America. We now have three American circuits coming up next year. Um, so it's race we, weekend, by the way, at Miami. In the United States, right? And so for me, my big thing was, cool, this is going to hurt the pocketbook of Mercedes in their actual, you know, personal, I don't know what you call it, retail space, I don't know what the hell it's called, non-race cars where you buy cars um, on their dealership side, right? And so because it's going to help promote Audi and Porsche, um, I think in Volkswagen as a brand, although Volkswagen's like staying completely out of this apparently, but you guys said I don't know economics. Um, I'm just, I saw it and then the CEO literally also said the same thing. So you guys apparently know more than me. Please tell me why I'm wrong. Well, hold on. You've walked your rhetoric back since our sure. internal heavily. chat heavily, on this episode. Heavily. You can't prove so, that. You cannot prove that. Yeah. I have the receipts. Don't, don't um, make me bring them out. I'm going to. When you tell, I'm redacting everything. Let's see. Go I think, on. I think the comment, the comment that I took issue with specifically was, uh, "All right, pick Mercedes while they're down. Yeah, let's get some more German brands <laughs> yeah. in Formula One. Exactly. Uh, kick them while they're down, the, dude, because they're losing yeah, right now. To which I reminded you that Mercedes sold literally ten times the volume last year. That I'm talking Audi in the F1 did. space. In the F1 space, Lewis Hamilton just got P4. How many F1 cars have they sold in the last year? <laughs> <laughs> it, it, look, man, it's not about selling up one cars. I'm talking about performance. On the performance side, right, essentially they're coming in and they're removing an engine manufacturer that they sell to, which means less data and less money because now McLaren will not be paying Mercedes and they will not be receiving engine data from McLaren. Mercedes will no, no longer that's a, that. That is a valid right. and well-studied and thought-out point, and I okay. agree with that. That's what I mean by kicking them down. On the actual dealership side and selling stuff, no, you're right. Mercedes people sell fine. Mm-hmm. Porsche is its own little thing. I agree with you, and Audi does Audi stuff. I, I still think that will it will boost their sales. Will it reach Mercedes-level stuff? I don't know. And also, Mercedes has been dominating in F1 for seven years. How much of an impact does that have on their advertising? It's, it's got to make a difference. That's why Red Bull's in F1 in the first place. The mega giant and the masterminds of marketing themselves, Red Bull, has not one but two teams in F1 for a reason. It's marketing. I would, I would say the winners in the Mercedes being dominant for this long in F1 and winning seven world championships in a row and or like eight constructor championships in a row are the watch the watch manufacturers whoever who's the who's the sponsor who's the main sponsor watch sponsor for mercedes oh did you really just go with the watches i don't know is it tag or to sew no tag is i I think it it might be to sew to sew i think sounds right and then what was that charles anyway just had his watch stolen too ferrari's got everybody's got a watch dealer Everyone, everyone's got a watch deal, but those guys probably have banked the most amount of money because all of their commercials are F1 drivers that's, in it. That's true. Right. That's that's that where true. they make their money. 
I wonder if um, and it works very well. And so like bows too, although Toto ruined that. <laughs> yeah. Well. So maybe the average consumer of Mercedes cars and and their car products doesn't really care about F1, but. F1 has now gotten so big and there's always multiple sponsors and multiple main sponsors in it. And those consumer products have definitely benefited from Mercedes winning as many championships of this as it has. I will agree with you there. But like in terms of cars sold because of F1 nowadays, Mm -hmm. it's not really a race on Sunday, sell on Monday kind of deal. Uh, That's that's an era past, right? It's more of a... SUV, mom, sport utility kind of world. Yeah, we're, but guess we're what? Pushing Porsche towards has this one of those. EV thing. Audi has one of those. Everyone's pushing towards EV. Yeah. No more, you know, IC, ICE uh, engines are being made or developed in Europe, really. Well, it, they're HEVs, but um, that's what F1 is. So I don't know. I don't know economics. I know marketing. I know it makes sense to me. The CEO said it as well. That's our little hot take. It is race week in Miami. I will say yeah, with, the fake, with the fake water, I just want to point out the fake water in Miami. <laughs> the fuck? In the middle of the yachts. It's real yachts. Fake water. Why? That doesn't make because any sense. Because fake money, man. It's all NFTs. <laughs> no, I, I will say from a fan <laughs> standpoint, from a fan standpoint, this excites me just because I enjoy seeing real car brands on the get, on the grid. It is hard for me to get as excited about brands like I'm not not talking stuff, but like it's hard for me to get excited about brands like Red Bull because there there isn't a Red Bull. I can't go out and buy a Red Bull. It's hard for me to get excited about AlphaTauri. You can buy my gas station. You can buy two 12 ounce cans for five bucks. You can buy drinks, but you can, there's no car that's a Red Bull. You can't buy an AlphaTauri car. You can't buy a Haas, right? Sure. And so I dig seeing sponsors and brands involved in the sport that make a product aligned with the sport that I want to buy. Um, so I'm stoked about two more legit car brands. Um, and I'm excited about, I'm, I'm really excited about seeing what Porsche does because a little known fact about Porsche is they're not primarily a car manufacturer. They're actually primarily an engineering consultancy firm which makes them a perfect fit to provide engines to a Formula One team, um, despite my initial worry. But I, so I'm really curious. Um, you know, if you if you followed goofy whiz bang cars and coffee style cars like the type that I like over the years, there's a bunch of weird cars out there that have the name Porsche on them um, that you may never heard of. And like there's Audis that have the Porsche tag stuck on them, like the RS2 and stuff like that. And uh, the V-Rod by Harley Davidson was a motorcycle that Porsche made um, and, and and stuff like that because they're an engineering consultancy firm. So I'm curious to see how that aspect of their business plays in the Formula One. You know, uh, you say that and I immediately want to make a comparison to like a Pianfernini. Pianfernini. Oh, yeah. Here. yeah. Thank you. With design, <laughs> uh, Porsche is to engines what they are to car design. I That's feel true. like there's true a, a, a lot of Definitely. a lot of cars throughout the years with their name on it that you wouldn't necessarily think so. Hey, can we talk about car design here and this meme lord engine that you sent us, John? 
Mm. Because seriously, yes. this thing is hilarious. I please Lenny, please on our Instagram, folks. Lenny's going to put this up on our Instagram and Twitter at Zero Left Podcast because it is just I could not stop laughing. Now John's going to get on a soapbox here and tell us <laughs> how does this even fucking work? <laughs> like okay. it's, it's just silly. It's oh uh, it, yeah. What Ryan <laughs> so expertly segued um, is a. It started off as an April Fool's joke by Holly, which those of you that don't know, Holly is a legendary American aftermarket parts brand, mostly known for their carburetors, but they make all manner of things. Um, so a April Fool's joke leaked a intake manifold for the LS, you know, LQ series of engines um, called the Skyram. Um, and that was, that was a, uh, it was basically an intake manifold with 30-inch runners. So, like, the, the tunnels that carry the air and fuel from the throttle body down to the That's engine stupid. were 30 inches tall. Um, it's trying so to it ram the, the throttle body. Yeah, yeah. No, it put the Just throttle the body basically <laughs> over the car, like the height of an RV. Um, That's like clown car. <laughs> yeah. It's like a so clown you just, car. You have this car with just a big phallic tower coming out of the engine um it was a joke Alex. <laughs> yeah uh when is john getting this joke. engine when is this is this an ls engine <laughs> yeah it was an ls engine um it was designed the intake manifold is designed for ls engines so it was a joke and then it created such a buzz that holly actually 3d printed and like made a prototype of this manifold and they dyno tuned it they they ran it with one of their most popular intakes the high ram and they did a back-to-back dyno, same engine, with the Skyram. And uh, so it, it performed as you would expect. So I'll give you a little engineering lesson in hopefully two minutes or less. But uh, Start the clock now. Runner. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. So runner design on an engine. Um, long runners make more low RPM torque and power and less high RPM power. Short runners make more high RPM power and less low end torque. The reason for that is you have a wave of air rushing into the engine because the engine's sucking air in. You have valves that are opening and closing many, many times per second, you know, depending on the RPM. The valve closes and then that wave of air hits the back of the valve and it bounces back and it, it's called reversion. It goes backwards back up the intake track and then it hits either a throttle body or there's a natural tendency for the air to kind of stop if there isn't a throttle body or that's open um for it to kind of stop at the bell mouth in the end of the runner and so once it hits that natural barrier it goes back and so you have this air pr- this pressure wave that's constantly going up and down the runners and it moves at a certain velocity i don't know how fast it is off the top of my head but for a given runner length, there will be an RPM range where that pressure wave is hitting the valve when the valve opens, and that helps force more air and fuel into the engine. And at other RPM ranges, it's bouncing off the valve while it's closed, and so that's called ram tuning. So that ram tuning effect is based on how long the runner is and a number of other factors, but how long the runner is and then what RPM it's at. So that's why when you change the runner length of your intake, you get a power curve, either low or high end. Um, and so when they put the Skyram on, 
um, with the high RAM, the original manifold, the test engine ran to like six five, maybe seven thousand RPM. With the Sky RAM, it was completely nosing over and out of steam by five thousand RPM, but it made fifty foot pounds more torque on the low end. And this is, I think, the old torque peak on the old engine was four hundred fifty foot pounds, and this made five hundred foot pounds, so like a solid ten percent increase. Uh, it made less power mainly because it couldn't rev as high. Um, but so like for a tractor engine, this would be pretty gangster, but it was making, yeah, it was making over 450 foot pounds of torque from idle (laughs) all the way. I have, holy shit. I have, I have one question and it's because what, what is the reason do you think for that increase in torque? And is it because there's just more air sitting uh inherently within the intake system at idle that when uh everything opens and it does that first suck draw uh there's just more air for the engine to intake at the time well no no so so the reason for that increased torque is is what i just said so when the engine's at low rpm it's spinning slowly which means the valve is not opening as many times per second right and so in order for that pressure wave to hit the valve, when it opens, it needs a longer path to travel. Mm. Okay. And so we've made the path. And normally, you know, you're talking about a low RPM intake is, you know, four or 5,000 RPM and a high RPM one's like seven or 8,000 RPM. But they made this intake track so fucking long that it maxed out at 1,500 RPM. So it just shifted. That pressure wave took so long to travel. And so it made that it made that ram tuning effect occur at such a low rpm that's why you get this massive torque increase pretty cool got it it's pretty fucking and then cool. an- another kind of neat thing to notice is if you look at the dyno graph the torque peaks goes down and then it peaks again before it goes down again so it's got this weird camel hump shape that engines don't normally do um and i believe that is because they put it on the same engine they didn't change anything they didn't change cams they didn't change the exhaust it's cylinder heads or anything like that. that that cylinder head system was designed around the other intake manifold so i think what you're seeing is you're seeing a torque peak from the intake manifold and it dips and then you're seeing a torque peak from the rest of the engine the cam setup the cylinder head setup and everything else and then it dips again um so normally when you build an engine you have to match all the parts together to get the most increase where you want that increase. And in this case, you have an engine that's very mismatched with just a wazoo intake and then another <laughs> build on top of it. Silly. So I thought that was pretty neat. I think it's cool that apparently they're going to start selling them. They're having like a giveaway and you can actually get one of these and you might see them. Uh, so they're going to come out. But uh, I just think it's cool that they made a joke and then they actually stuck with it and produced the joke. Everybody's yeah. Everybody's seems to be getting into the mean product product yeah, yeah. Uh, culture, thanks it's, to it's, Elon again. It's good marketing, but not necessarily good economics. Ooh, so would would you agree <laughs> with uh, what Elon does is good marketing for everything that he does? Congratulations, uh, Mister. You hate Elon and everything that he does. Well, okay. First off, the meme game has been along, along far longer than Mister Musk Boy. He didn't invent the wheel. Um, I would argue that he's definitely perfected it. Have you seen what he's done with on his Twitter account? Like what he said? Why do we keep talking about Musk? Anyways, so something Elon Musk does talk about 
It's electric car. We are. Something that Elon Musk does have is not a good grasp on the electric cars. I think these two car companies have a better grasp, and their trucks are coming out far before the tri- Cybertruck goof meme lord crap that Mr. Musk Lord does. So let's talk about Cyber it. Cybertruck's coming out this year, isn't it? <clears throat> is it? I don't know. Is you it, tell me. Is it ever coming out? I don't know. Yeah, it's, I think it is. Maybe it's just a ploy. <laughs> so, a ploy for what? I don't know. <laughs> for Elon Musk to get more money to buy Twitter again. So let's talk about these two cars, though. And by cars, I mean trucks, because that's really the space that is now evolving in the EV. We've seen sedans. uh, We've seen some coupes. We're now really seeing, as you said earlier, what people drive, Lenny. uh, Gotcha. Uh, Basically trucks and SUVs and crossovers. That's kind of the market segment that most people, especially in America, drive. And so really the two cars that come to mind is the one that I've, brought up many a times keeps on striking these guys keep on groaning so it's not going to stop that's the ford f-150 lightning um yeah 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 we're finally talking about we're it. talking about Wrap it, it which is why i've reserved an entire bottle of mezcal for tonight so you could drone on and on about it you know hey, i'll just get more drunk and we look talk it's, about it's it, fine finally. drones are also battery powered uh so <laughs> <laughs> the thing is is you have this, and you also have what you guys brought up, which is a Rivian. Now, this was touted as a versus. I don't actually think it's really a versus. I think it's after doing my more research, looking into this, I still absolutely believe in the power of what the F-150 is going to do. But I think Rivian's doing the right thing. And so, Lenny, you and I discussed before, I don't really care about numbers. I care about feelings and the experience, okay? It doesn't matter how many kilowatt yammy yammas, how many ducks these things produce. I think the difference between these two is really the model that they're built on, okay? Rivian has scrapped everything from the ground up, built it from the ground up, and is doing it fresh and new. Very, very Koenigsegg kind of. Everything is sort of more or less in-house. They've hired a lot of people that have worked at these other companies. They're, They're building a wonderful model from the ground up. And I think it's going to be successful. Uh, But starting a car company is financially a pain in the ass. Whereas we have the giant themselves, especially in the truck world, Ford getting into the EV space and doing it in a much different way in the sense that they're slapping EV on the stylings of what is already arguably very, very successful truck brand, which is the Ford F-150. I mean, it's not arguably. It's the most successful truck brand. And is the most successful, yeah. There we go. Perfect. So screw, screw Dodge and Rams and all those. Um, so really for me, it became less of a versus when I did my research because it's two different people that are going to buy these cars. Rivian starts off when he's making a face like, is this a hot take for you? Do you need to do some more mezcal, bud? He's oh, going no, for I just the burp, sorry. He's going for the mezcal. So um, basically, the Rivian is really kind of a higher-end uh, EV truck, right? It is. They started off with a sports car, and they actually scrapped all of that and, and restarted over again and realized that the EV truck is the way to go um, a couple years ago and have grown into that space. Whereas Ford, but they only have a, you know, they start at like $65,000, $75,000. They start, essentially, they have very few models to choose from. That's kind of, you buy what you get, that's what you got. Whereas Ford has a far bigger range on what you can actually get from the F-150 Lightning, which is why I like it so much. It is, it is the main reason why I'm so hyped about this truck. 
is because of the different price points that you can get entry into EV trucks. John is giving me the finger. Go for it. Give me the finger, and here's why. Here's why. The Rivian to me, and we'll see. We'll okay. see. Maybe I'll eat these words. The Rivian to me smacks of every Kickstarter early <laughs> access yes. production electric yes. because we have seen this in electric vehicles for like a decade at least of promising one thing and delivering like half that. So sure, if you go on the advertised spec sheets, um, yeah, the Rivian has like twice as much power and mm-hmm. twice as much range mm-hmm. uh, and nope. all this other crap. Doesn't. Um, it has a lot more power and range though. It has more power, like but not on, more range. It does, it has like a hundred miles more range on spec, on the spec sheet. I don't know right. what it's gonna do. Nobody knows what it's gonna do. Um, um, and maybe I've been burned by motorcycles, dude, but like electric motorcycles have been around for 10 years and they have been promising things and not even delivering a fraction of what the promise was by for the, a long time. By the way, the actual EV, uh, the compared EPA range is 300 miles versus 314 miles. The Ford F-150 Lightning has 300. And that's, I think, before they did their new EPA test. So they're right in the 350 to 400 oh, I range. Saw. I saw like 250 for the F-150. No, the new ones. And again, right. this is where we get into packaging with the Ford, right? If you're going right. to compare the Ford F-150 Lightning, you have to compare the price model that matches with the Rivian, okay? When it comes, sure. to, when it comes right. to everything, you have Wh- to. Which is what, Ryan? Which would be what? The price point for the Rivian. As yeah, what would be the the equivalent model of the, equivalent the model Ford F one fifty? The Ford F one fifty is seventy seven thousand dollars. The equivalent model, and which is like the Lariant, I think. Yeah, sure. Whatever bells whistle they want to name. It. I, I think I think that's the trim sure. level. That's yeah. what it's called. The so, Lariant. I think you're Lariat. Yeah. Right. Fancy yeah. fancy balls for Old, money at it. Versus, Western gun. Right. Yeah. Versus sixty seven thousand for the Rivian R one. Now I. I I agree with John, and this is what kind of what also led it to a versus is that Musk boy and his Tesla, who doesn't know how to make cars, right? I'm saying these Kickstarter one-off, bring it from the start. Well, can they compete with the big boys like Ford here? I I don't know. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. And and the reason, and I love talking shit about Tesla as much as anybody, but the reason that Tesla did as well as they did is because they were the first brand to say it's going to do X, Y, Z and actually deliver that um, for the most part. I mean, you can say that like the build quality is crap and there's some other issues, but for the most part, like Tesla said, we're going to make a car that does this, this, and this. And they pretty much gave that to the consumer, which no other electric car company or model did that. Um, You had like, hybrids like the prius that did that but not an ev they were like oh we're gonna give you 500 miles range and it comes out with 175 miles range it's like sure well and i think they also rivian's also making a new battery in house so that could be interesting i think that the ev space from when tesla and musk boy started and the batteries in general have changed dramatically right again i work in the ev space in the sense that i sell e-bikes and the it's the wild wild west man the batteries and everything like that and the ranges you know obviously in the car world it's a little different but it isn't because how you throttle with an ev engine is going to give you a different epa right you can hyper mileage in an ev engine just like i can hyper mile on my my e-bikes right if i pedal more and use the battery less i get more range so it's really it 
it's the same as a phone battery. There's so much variance to them because it's all battery based and not necessarily gas based, right? So I don't know. That's how I feel about that kind of battery stuff. It, well, well, so what is what is the base range for the F one fifty Lightning? For the lowest model, uh, like for the lowest model, right? do you know, like two fifteen. I think it's like two thirty eight. I think is their estimate. Sure. What's if I here? look on their website, hold on. Let me let me Google real quick. But that's okay. also a forty thousand dollar truck. But here's my thing, though. Why does that is matter? what they is what they estimate, right? Well, I'm just saying because the Rivian, mm. the base model, the okay. base battery package is, uh, yeah. is estimated to have a three hundred and fourteen mile range. What's the cost difference? Yeah, but but the base uh, to base, it's like twenty grand. Right. Twenty and grand. Yes. I have a question difference. for you, because you're entering into world of hurt here when it comes to talking about range on batteries okay i sell e-bikes for a living bro so let me let okay. me tell you something the top battery i have is 70 miles have you ever ridden 70 miles on a bike in one day no how many people do you know that have ridden 70 miles on one day our friend bob right our cool. friend bob perfect your friend bob. Uh, or or jamie Great. Our British friend Jamie. Cool. Oh, yeah, couple yeah, people. Yeah. Right. Couple bike enthusiasts. But yeah. your average Joe Schmlo is not going over 20 miles on a normal bike ride. Right. Yeah. It's a lot of riding. 230 yeah. miles yeah. on your base entry level. I'm going to buy it for my company guy and I'm going to influence the entire market. 230 miles. What's your commute to work right now, Lenny? Uh, 37 miles one way. Great. So is that less than if you combine both directions? Is that still less than two hundred? If you add those up, it's still two hundred thirty miles. Will get you on the base model Ford F one fifty for twenty thousand dollars less. Is that correct? Sure. Now, if you run a company in the Midwest where we run on trucks here, and I need to replace my entire old school uh, gas powered fleet with efficient EV trucks, am I going to buy the fancy pants Rivian, or am I, which is for the or am I going to buy the well-known and trusted Ford F-150? Now it's got an EV model. What the fuck no, am I, I going to buy? Think, I think it's more of a sum of the parts, <laughs> not the individual specs of yeah. the, of you know what the brand is. I know. Right? Because you also look at towing capacity in the Rivian. It's more than the F-150. Sure. By 1,000 pounds. Cool. How often do you tow, how often it- do you tow that much? But is it uh, twenty thousand? Well, I mean, 000... if, you're, if you have a truck, like that's a lot. Yeah, you would try. It, you, you would use it. Is, is it twenty thousand dollars more? Is it twenty? And here's the thing: do you, do you know what most Fords I see around here doing? They're not hauling heavy ass shit. They're they're painters, they're journeymen, they're all sorts of people that don't necessarily need the torque power to haul big things but that can handle a trailer no problem yes the rivian has higher torque higher power is faster than everything else out there that doesn't matter to the american working class that 20 twenty thousand dollars is what's going to matter here i think ryan's right i hate to admit it if you're going to (laughs) compare if you're going to compare directly if you're going to compare directly here like uh the Lariant edition of the F-150 with all the package details that it would need to compare to the Rivian, like, spec for spec, would cost you ten grand more. 
I know, but let me tell you something. If I'm the big old CEO with my big old gut sitting in the Midwest in the middle of Wyoming, fucking watching my cows, sure as shit, I'm going to drop the extra money on my Ford. Okay. It still wouldn't have the same towing capacity. It, it doesn't still matter. would uh, be less powerful than the Rivian. Uh, it still would have less range than the Rivian. What did I say? It would cost 10 grand more than a Rivian. I understand that, but it's not about that because you see they're different markets. Where did Rivian start before they scrapped? on a sports car. What this is is a sports truck. This is for you. Tesla had the same Tesla did the same thing with a Tesla now. I I understand that. That is why Wait, hold on, Lenny, what I what understand where he's going with this. Making? My point is, um if you're gonna say pound for pound, if you compare the equivalent of the F one fifty E V to a standard Rivian, the Rivian still outclasses i have a question for that, you, Lenny. Uh, i don't, I don't think i don't think graded f-150 and the f-150 is 10 grand more at the end of the day i don't think even that, i don't think that's right we're, we're not arguing that though because the point is that even okay sure pound for pound dollar for dollar whatever the rivian's a better truck uh the base f-150 is still twenty thousand dollars cheaper and that's what's going to sell and on uh, top the of base, that, <clears throat> uh, we want to say the base, the base F one fifty EV is cheaper. Yes, pound but it will have pound. less range. It will have less. That's towing not capacity. why I was excited about this and truck. All, and all, and all those those features. That... <laughs> Lenny, do you know why I was excited about the Ford F one fifty Lightning? Because it's going to strike why? everywhere, bro. Because unlike these Rivians, which are sick <laughs> trucks. <gonna> <laughs> Unlike unlike these Rivians, which are fancy, cool trucks, they're awesome. They're fast as hell. They're they're cool. I dig them. They're great. And I agree with you. Their platform, they're going to grow on that. That is why Ford and Amazon invested in them because of their skateboard model. I am not disagreeing with you. They are sick trucks. That's why it's no longer versus. But the reason I have been so hype about the Ford F-150 Lightning is because everybody's going to drive one of these. And I live in the Midwest. Look, I get it. You live in California. I saw more Teslas than trucks out there. It is the complete opposite flip here in the Midwest, in Nebraska, South Dakota, North Dakota, Wyoming. The places I saw a Rivian again today. In, I'm seeing a lot are more you in Nebraska? than F-150 Lightnings. You're not. That's what I'm saying. Bro, because you're in California. Oh, because they're they're not out on the road yet. Wow. So Rivian already has Where's a Rivian up. based? Where's Rivian based? Uh, California. That's right. Do you know what happens? Yeah, exactly. You, you, you just... My point is, is that when Ford drops this, who has the manufacturing power that Ford has? Does anybody else come close to them? Not in the U.S. Where do you think Ford is getting that technology from? Yeah, bud. Where do you think they're getting that Who has the pound for pound manufacturing? They're getting it from a Rivian. You know why? Because they own 12% of Rivian. What's your point? And so, like... I I guarantee you there's going to be more Ford Lightnings produced than Rivian's. End of discussion. I would, I would say well, the yeah. Rivian. The Rivian's a boutique. Exactly. Rivian's a boutique. Yeah. The Rivian is skateboard yeah. I'm not, platform. I'm not arguing that either. <laughs> that's what I am. I that that's why I I think the Rivian's cool. I wanted to bash on them a little bit because they are very Tesla musky, and that's why I wanted to diverse for the hot takey of it. Doing the research, I think it's a cool bougie car. I actually like the Rivian more than the Cybertruck by a long mile. I like their story. I watched their like where they came from, and I saw at least five people with mountain bikes in the background, like very pro throw your bike on this, go anywhere, adventure mode sort of truck. This Look, is a have fun truck. I like the Rivian because of that TikTok dub video, the Optimatic <laughs> 1000. And I pretty much can't quote any of it on this show without getting canceled, but just yeah. go look it up. 
it's hysterical. I, you I can think, fit all the guns in a Rivian. I bet. And they're awesome. I think they're really cool, fun trucks. If I was driving this, if look, let me let me let me make a bad reference that I'm so very good at. Okay, we're in Wyoming. All of the actual local people that live in Wyoming that are from Wyoming are going to be driving some variant of the Ford F1 Lightning EV. Kanye West and his posse are going to be driving around in Rivians. Okay, having fun. True. That's the difference of these trucks. They're both phenomenal trucks. But why I've been so hype about the Lightning this whole time that I keep bringing it up and you guys groan constantly is because you talk about pound per pound truck to truck. There's going to be more pounds of lightning striking all across the Midwest and the United States comparative to any other sort of truck model. No, I think, I think that's why I've been so hype. Look, I think, I think Tesla was the pinhole in the dam and Ford releasing electronic F-150 is the dam breaking in terms of like EV acceptance in the U S I absolutely agree with that. That's why I've been so friggin' hyped for this truck because this hand, And you have the Chevy Silverado EV coming in 2024. Right. They're just a trickle, man. Then you got all your Chevy versus Silverado. Which is the competition to the, yeah. You're right. And so, like, I appreciate Musk. You're right. Because he, back in the day, started this EV thing, and all of these companies were like, "Mm, whatever. And he started being successful. And now I'm asking him to politely GTFO and let the real big boys of of car manufacturing (laughs) take over and do this proper. Because I would much rather okay. see, and so like he's would, so so he's GTFOing into Twitter, and now yeah, you're mad about God, that, no. or I'm, into SpaceX, and that. now you're mad about that. <laughs> no, and no. so like you're just like, where does it end? When he, that's when all he, I'm asking. When he does something good for the people, um, he's try, he's he's trying to do everything good for humanity. You could one could argue that. Sure, buddy. So uh, I don't know. I don't care about people with that. You don't. You don't. I don't care. He has no. And his his mission on SpaceX and colonizing Mars to colonize Mars is like not a thing for for humanity. For his own legacy. For his own legacy. Sure, like for whatever narcissistic personal gains. He is an maybe, Edison and not like, a Tesla. As, us a as a humanity. He is an Edison and not well, a I Tesla. Think aliens, man. Like, we, we could get there. I understand that, but he is an Edison and not a Tesla. And <laughs> do you understand what I'm saying by that? No, I don't think you guys no. ever. No, he's saying that, that he's, a, he's a D-bag like Edison was and not a true inventor like Tesla was. But, Bingo. Buys uh, out companies, doesn't actually do the work. Uh, you guys will never agree on Elon Musk, but you know what you might agree on? Oh, what's that, John? What '90s American shitbox? Oh, fantastic! You want to scrap racing daily? Let's go from the let's go from the American future and EV trucks to <laughs> shitty '90s shitbox racing, scrapping, and dailying. Wonderful, excellent. Let's get into it, John. You want to explain the rules and what the cars are today? Yeah. Okay. So, ladies and gents, today's game is Scrap Race Daily, which is basically our car version of Bang Mary Kill. Uh, we're gonna pick three cars. Um, I'm gonna put it. To the boys, and we're all going to talk about which car we would get rid of, which car we would take for a spirit to drive, and which car we would live with. Um, we picked these particular cars because uh, Lenny and I were gushing one day about how sweet the old Trans Am WS6 was back in the 90s. Um, and so we're like, why don't we do, why don't we do an addition to this with that? So, and ironically, like uh, our high school teachers. Both owned Both. one. Mine was a physics professor. Mine was a math teacher. Amazing. Um, Those are both maths. And so, 
Yeah. Both maths. They so it's, maths. Inter- it's interesting that they both drove W6, WS6s. Um, so I tried to pick two other American cars. Uh, they both they all ended up being GM products um, that were, you know, reasonable so it wouldn't just blow one out. So here's what we got. Um, we've got a mid-90s era, like 94, we'll say, Impala SS. We've got a C4 generation ZR1 Corvette with the Lotus engine and the great Pontiac Trans Am WS6. Does anyone want to go first? Well, I have no idea why this WS6 Ryan is. has to I go first here. I cannot go first because I'm not sure why you guys are hyped about this WS6. I cannot see I mean, why it's great. It, lo- it? it looks cool. Okay. I, if I'm just going to go based off of looks alone and you said Lotus in an engine, that kind of narrows it down for me. Uh, uh, so... I don't know. All right, you guys are throwing me on the fire. Fine, we'll, I'll I mean, I, No, I can go first. I can go first if you ain't ready. That's fine. Yeah, go ahead. You know what? Go ahead. I'll let you go first because then maybe I'll have a better grasp of what would make these cars cool besides looks. Everybody, and everybody Lenny, knows Lenny my can, opinions. Lenny can lead, lead, in, lead in the last there. Lead, lead in the last place. Okay. So it brings me great pain to say this, but I think I would scrap the Impala SS. Okay. And here's why. Um, of the three, that's the only one that didn't come from the factory or the manual transmission. Mm. Uh, it had the least amount of power. It was the heaviest. It might be the coolest. I'll give it that. In terms of just, I don't know, fly under the radar sleeper appeal. It's a good looking car. But, uh, it's just, I'm a big fan of the other two. So, uh, that would be the one I'd get rid of. Uh... I would race the Trans Am just because in terms of the pony car, I think that was, that might be my favorite version of it. It had a little bit more power than all the other LS cars at the time. Just a smidge. Uh, I think it looked better, certainly looked better than the Camaro and looked a little bit better than the normal Trans Am. Um, and I mean, that was like an era of my life, like in high school. So it's kind of got a soft spot for me. So there's that one. And I would bring home the C4 ZR1, and I'll tell you why. I don't find C4 Corvettes shocking. Wow. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. No, I got, I got, I've always had a huge soft spot for the C4 ZR1 because uh, I don't find C4s desirable in the least. I, I don't think I don't like the way they look. Um, it never did a whole lot for me. The technological advancements that came with the C5, I think, just completely dwarfed. Uh, the C4 uh, is just a dramatically better car. However, C4 ZR1 is such a weird, obscure, like it shouldn't have ever happened tidbit in history um, where GM, instead of just building another LS engine, got Lotus to design a dual overhead cam 32 valve V8. They basically used their existing block, so it's still a 5.7 liter. V8, but with this gnarly Lotus cylinder head on it, uh, and it makes, I think it was 400 horsepower, like 385, something like that. Um, a much higher RPM than the uh, than any com- comparable GM product at the time. And it's just kind of gnarly. And uh, I don't think, I don't think the C5 had anything that really compared in terms of power output and stuff until they came out with the Z06. And then even then it was almost the same uh, for years later. So it's just a, 
very strange, very weird. Uh, there's about to be a dual overhead cam V8 in a Corvette now, but besides that, that's the only time a Corvette ever had an overhead cam engine, ever. Wow. Um, so it's just too it's too odd. So that that would be my baby. I've actually like looked at buying one of these many times <laughs> in my life. But. Fantastic. Those are my picks. All right, I think I got to narrow it down. Um, John, I'm going to go ahead and agree with you. I'm going to scrap the SS as well. That is not what I expected you to say. Um, well, it's just kind of okay. Um, I know it's really it's fast, okay. but it's not. It's kind of too bulky. It, it's just too. It's just I don't want that as a sleeper car. So I just it's too. I under, appreciate the sleeperness of it, um, but it's just. It's a big clonky car. I don't know, man. I, I'm not about it's it. It's a chonky con. It's a chonk conk. I'm not about it. All right. I play Wario and Mario Kart, but I'm not about that life in uh, real world. Um, and then for me, I think I'm going to do, hmm, I think I'm going to race the C4. So looking at some of the stats here, and I might okay. be looking at the wrong one on the Wikipedia for the C4 Corvette, though. It has a lot of records. Uh, particularly 24 hours endurance at 175 miles per hour for 4,000 or 4 million. I don't know. It's a high number. 4 million. No, 4,221.256 miles, which is a world record according to this, uh, which was later later broken by the W12, uh, Volkswagen W12. So interesting. Very cool. Got it. Huh? A lot of records. Yeah. So for me, I think I would race this thing, but not in like a cool kick circuit, but like a 24 hour, just like cruising this thing for as long until the engine just explodes on May type of deal. Because uh, that's gnarly. 175 miles per hour for 200, like 4,000 miles. That's insane. That is, that is gnarly. So that is why I chose to go ahead and race the C4. Um, and then, honestly, I was looking at this WS6, and there's a red version of it with some sort of swirly fire on it. It's like a Hot Wheels car. I want the Hot Wheels car in my garage. <laughs> <laughs> so so WS6 it- is like the, the hopped-up version of a Pontiac Firebird. Sure. I, Basically. It looks like – dude, then there's this orange version of it too. The, I don't know. It's a 2002. I don't know if that's the right one. Oh, the burnt the the burn orange, orange yeah. paint is Hot nice. Wheel. Yeah, Hot Wheels cars. So I'm going to – is, That is that is the one that uh, my physics professor had or my physics teacher had in high school. Yeah. So I'm saying I think that this is silly enough. I love the front grill on it. The nose is just like gnarly. It reminds me of the guys from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the one that – the rhino dude mm. that had the big old septum. Kind of like that. Uh, Bebop and Rockstar. Yeah, yeah, dude, exactly. So I think 100% I'm putting this in the garage right. for the silliness. Of it. My physics professor always bragged about how much torque it had. It had like 680 foot-pounds of torque I didn't care about on, he on his WS6. He never said how much horsepower he had or like what exactly he did to it, but like the tires were fat. I can't really remember that's if like, they were semi-slicks or whatever, but like, I remember output. that that being something he always bragged about was the torque output. So you know like, I'm saying? That's for like me, double the stock output. He must've done some serious wild. work. Yeah. What are you going with? Yeah. He, he was that, he was for sure a gearhead and like a Hoonigan. Uh, he, he probably roll raced it. Uh, <laughs> Did roll like racing a, exist in the nineties? A douche. Oh yeah. Uh, it, Late 90s, early 2000s, sure. Yeah, absolutely. 
uh, especially in, in like the part of Connecticut where I went to high school in. Yeah, that was definitely a thing. Yeah. Because uh, the Marriott was like a two two lane highway that went through the woods of oh, like cool. Southwest Connecticut. So oh. like uh, it was you, easy to like uh, slow up traffic. But it's only two lanes. So anyway, no, I just also want to point out though that again, Lenny is the guy that lives on the coast, so he just he cannot talk about trucks going forward until he lives somewhere where there's no coast. I just want to. Yeah, I've I've always lived by the coast yeah, somewhere. Don't talk about trucks. You're not American. You come to these liberals. All right, so <laughs> go ahead, pick your cars. Um, so I'm gonna have to scrap the Corvette Z4. Okay. Oh, the C the C4 zero one. Wow, scrapping that. Why are you scrapping that? Yeah. Just out of necessity, really, for the other two. So I have to race the WS6. <laughs> okay. Wow. Just because uh, sentimental. And I'll, I'll, and I'll, for sentimental value. And right. also because I would do it in a drag racing discipline. Right. I just, I just have to see how it actually is if it lives up to. The myth that I've, I, I have on it, it like it, it, the pedestal that I put it on, is it is it really that good? You know, either in you know stock form or semi model form, I, I would want to, I want want to know. Um, okay, okay. And the Impala SS is just something I absolutely would have to daily that it's the ultimate sleeper ultimate sleeper the stoplight that's it's like the the ultimate stoplight someone comes up to you revs kind of look over their shoulder maybe you got the dom toretto kind of like you 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 got you got the arm at the 12 o'clock position you look over the shoulder kind of give him the smile you know like is this really what you want how much? How much? That's what you do in the Impala SS, especially in '94. How much? Oh, you got all the knots. Yeah, you got all the knots. Stage three, direct inject. Hey, hey, Lenny, right. do you know who else really thinks the SS was cool? Ice D- Cube, Doug Moreno. Oh, <laughs> is, is it, are those fighting words? <laughs> hey, I don't think so. But maybe you just... Uh, I think so. What do you mean? Like, so what? Wait, do you mean Doug DeMiro? Yeah, Doug DeMiro. That's the guy. That goober. Yeah. Oh, DeMiro, the other Connecticut guy. Yeah. Yeah. He talks about cars. No, he also thinks it's cool. That's that's good for him. Yeah. He probably doesn't know about trucks either. That's okay. <clears throat> he probably thinks he knows about trucks. Yeah. I, I doubt it. And tell you, I mean, I have, how, much, how many diesel pickup trucks do you see on a daily in California? None. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Well, ho- folks, I hope much like Lenny, you got educated on how awesome the Ford F-150 Lightning is going to be. It's going to keep striking all across the United States. Hopefully. United hopefully. States. hopefully Stop making that pun. For hopefully. I'm a dad. I'll run into the ground. But, you know, hopefully suburbia gets overran by these EV vehicles and we can turn around climate change so we can go enjoy fast cars. Um, 
instead of economic efficient trucks to replace people that don't drive more than 50 miles a day using gasoline they don't need to burn anymore switch tv folks uh you let us know uh if you disagree with me or you agree with lenny at instagram on zero lift podcast or twitter zero lift podcast uh lenny will likely post some good stuff he's the boy to shout out there lenny what you got I just want to say it's race weekend, so look out for our Twitter live spaces on race day Sunday. We're going to get up on there. It's Miami. It's it's the first ever Miami GP. So we're actually pretty excited. Good American time. Like the time is not going to be ludicrous in the morning or ludicrous in night. Good. Honestly, I haven't haven't checked the schedule, but I assume that it's going to be in the morning Sunday. Uh, it's gotta be like noon or one. Well, depending on where you are, I'm central, you're Cowie, so it will be in the morning for you, but early afternoon for me. Uh, yeah, so we'll have yeah. a Twitter live spaces up. Please join us. Uh, look us up at Zero Lift Podcast on Twitter. Yeah, the we out here 2 30. Yeah, 2 30 my time. Uh, central, yeah, it's gonna be 3 30 Eastern. Yeah, so 3 30 Eastern. Noon, basically, for you, Lenny. So, uh, 1230 uh, PST. For the West Coasters out Shout there. Shout out to my uh, PA fam, Psychedelic Slotomous. We out here. Any other shout-outs you need there, bud? Are we on, like, a hip-hop album now? <laughs> uh, yeah, my B-A-Y-C crew, what up? Who else got land? Like, that transaction oh fee god. on Saturday night Jeez. was crazy on the Ethereum network. Oh my god, it was like five grand. I almost bought some. Could have been a millionaire. I wasn't. Well, but I was joking, been. but Lenny took it for a been. run, much like this lightning. It is striking near you. We thank you for joining us on another episode of Zero Lift. You've been joined by myself, Ryan, with Lenny. Later, the Lightning Network is also real on the Bitcoin Network. That's there it cool. Is. And <laughs> we're playing you off. And John. Keep it pinned. We'll see you next time.